Hello guys and welcome to Breaking Butterfly. I'm your host Maddie Maple and today's episode I am joined by a very special guest and we get into answering your guys's hotline questions about relationships. We talk about how to know if you should break up with somebody, magnetism when it comes to dating, and just so many other juicy things uh, regarding relationships. So I hope you guys love this episode as much as I do. Welcome back to Breaking Butterfly, or if you are new here, a very special welcome. I am so grateful you guys are here and listening to today's episode because I have a very special guest. I am so excited about this one, you guys. Like when you find a soulmate online, it's just the best feeling. And I found Miss Cece online, and she, like you guys will just hear, you guys will see her Instagram. I was like, this is my bitch. Like the marketing, the vibe, the everything. Like we're just so grateful we're connected. Um, and I'm really excited to record with her today because a couple of weeks ago, I asked you guys to submit a bunch of hotline questions. I wanted to do like a full hotline episode. Um, yeah, I think like 98% of them were about relationships. Um so yeah, when me and Cece connected, I was like, what what episode could be more perfect than doing a relationship hotline episode? So I'm very excited. We have Cece here and she is a life and energy coach, a content creator, a podcaster, and singer-songwriter, and she is a multi-hyphenate creative inspiring millions to take back their power and manifest their desires. Uh, Cece graduated, is it Summa Cum Laude? Summa cum laude. <laughs> Summa cum laude. You know, I know nothing about school. It's okay. I like your version better. It's spicier. <laughs> you know what I? You know what it is. Um, my boyfriend says "come loud" because he thinks it's funny, but I thought that was actually how it was pronounced. Either way, either way, we can make it work. <laughs> okay, so she did really good in school. <laughs> at Fordham University. With a double major in communications, she began posting advice on TikTok, which attracted a 415,000 following. Her mission is to create content that holds space for people to heal, go back home to themselves, freeing them to unlock their untapped potential. Cece's teaching center on creating the life of your dreams by tapping into your inner positive bitch, which is your babe in total connection with herself, her human self. And she gracefully translates the language of quantum physics, psychology, and spirituality into practical, humorous girl chat, allowing these concepts to be digestible in order to become our most confident and connected self. Mm, I love it (laughs) so much. Um, So yeah, say hi, introduce yourself. I know that was a really good introduction of who you are, but maybe anything else you want to share and yeah, just say hello. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you, Maddie, for having me. I'm so excited to talk about energy and relationships. 
it's definitely something that I get the most questions about too. We all want to be and feel loved. And when that's not happening, we oftentimes think there's something wrong with us when really it's our energy. It's something we're either projecting or holding on to and it's causing resistance to what it is we want when we can just let that go and instead get anything and everyone really that we desire. So thank you for having me. And you pretty much summed it all up. I am a life and energy coach. I work with people all around the world. And my main motive is to help you get connected with yourself so that you can unbecome who you are not and step into the fullness of who you are. Mm-hmm. I love that. Already, I knew we were connected in so many ways, but so many little pieces of what you say. I'm like, I say that. Like, my biggest teaching is accept who you are not and amplify who you are. Like, my girls that listen know that. I say that all the time. Um, it's so funny. You just like said pretty much the same thing. So, yeah, I align I like so that. much with what you're doing and your teachings and everything. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you learned about energy and how you learned about being a positive bitch, what that actually means to you? Um, I feel that every like passionate leader and passionate coach usually has a story behind everything and that's why you're so passionate about it. So tell us a little bit about, yeah, maybe where you came from and yeah, how you got to who you are now. Absolutely. It's definitely a journey. It was during 2020 when I graduated during the height of the pandemic and I was also going through a breakup. And the stress of these two things caused me to want to find so many answers. And I quickly found out that none of the answers were in the physical world. I had to look beyond that. And that led me to therapy. And I remember this therapist changed my life because she told me to read one book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And that confirmed my questions that there is something else going on. And from that, I just, it was immediate. A spiritual awakening happened to me. I, it was just onto me, um, like a river wave. Poof. And I started to go inward. I started meditating. I wanted to understand basically why I was the way I was and understand why I created the life I created thus far. And with that, I was reading the books. I was listening to Abraham Hicks. I then did a seminar with Tony Robbins, and that really pushed me even further to not accept what my life was because I had so much more control over it than I was using. And then I started to talk about what I was going through and little tips and tricks I was doing on TikTok. At this point, I was just talking from my point of view and crying, uh, screaming, laughing, talking, just all of it. And eventually I was like, I need to get some sort of certification or or something to figure out really what I want to do. I just wanted more information about what I could do with what I was learning. Mm -hmm. So then I became a certified life coach through Tony Robbins. And as I've gone through this journey, it's really the interactions I've had with other people and my own experiences have took what I've wanted to do and really honed in on what I'm meant to be doing. And I found that my biggest pain points was 
codependency, anxious attachment, um, giving away my energy, putting other people on a pedestal. And those biggest pain points became my biggest strengths now. And that's what I really love to talk about and teach and show others how to do. We all have the capacity to do it, but we have to learn how to re reassociate ourselves with our own energy. And honestly, most of the time I was just crying. I would say that was what I was doing like 90% of the time. It was a lot of releasing. And I came up with positive bitch because I saw a lot of positivity, but it didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And part of being a positive bitch is not just being positive, but it's also knowing when to scream into a pillow, cry, punch a punching bag. It's knowing what you're feeling and allowing yourself to feel that. It's not always going to be positive and it's not always meant to be. And that's why bitch is babe in total connection with herself because we're going to feel a myriad of different emotions. We're going to feel so many different things and those things want to be released and every time we do feel a negative emotion something that's lower in vibration it's just an invitation to let it go and it's an invitation to meet that pattern in a new way and experience it from a higher perspective and so I just wanted to make a point that being a positive bitch it's not always about being positive we we feel everything over here and I'm a big feeler and I like to feel big too I like to feel all of the things I like to release all of the things and that's really how I got here it was a breakup it was COVID spending a lot of time with myself and then interacting with other people, their questions inspired me to find out more information. And then eventually I found me <laughs> waiting <laughs> to yeah. become more of myself. I love that so much. It's so funny. Eckhart Tolle totally started my whole spiritual journey as well. I had a mentor um, and I was reading A New Earth and she like helped me read that book. And it literally same thing. I was like, oh, like I am awake. Like this just happened. Mm -hmm. So um, another synchronicity. That's so funny. That's so – we have so many. We have so many. Like we both started our businesses at the same time. That's like there's so many other just break like up. synchronicities. Every time you speak, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so you're me. All right. That's cool. Um, yeah. I, I love that so much. Um, I think that the whole perspective around like positive bitch and it's not always about being overly positive. I think it's so important to like share that because a lot of people do get really confused on like what being positive actually means. Like I really identify with the innocent archetype, which is very much like don't worry, be happy pretty much. Mm -hmm. It's just like everything is rainbows and butterflies and like be positive and all the things. Um, but you can get like a little bit of backlash and people get kind of frustrated with that because, you know, there are going to be bad things that happen in this world and you are going to feel bad things, but it's, it's about the growth mindset, right? So it's about yeah. being in connection with yourself. The positivity part is about what you do moving forward is like how, you know, feel it, but then letting go is, is the positivity. So I really love that. Absolutely. Um, beautiful. Okay, guys, let's get into the hotline questions. So we know a little bit about Cece and her power and her wisdom. And I want to use all that wisdom and mine combined to answer these really good and juicy questions that we got on the hotline. Um, 
And I'm like, I don't even know where to start because they're all really, really good. Um, but I think, okay, so we have some questions about like dating and then we have some questions about breakups. So Mm -hmm. let's start with dating first and talk about like getting into a relationship, dating, you know, I love what Cece shares about just like magnetism. Um, and then we'll go from there. So this hotline question says, hi, oh my gosh. So I recently started dating again. I just moved to Denver, Colorado and immediately matched with this amazing man on hinge. We talked and within a couple weeks, he wanted to meet up. I had a lot on my plate. So we made plans for the following week, which now is tomorrow, which I wish I could have gotten this recorded and produced so you could hear this before you went. So if you're listening, you'll have to give us an update. But uh, she said, in the meantime, we ended up having a FaceTime that turned into five hours of deep soul connection. I did find out he recently got out of a breakup two months ago. Uh, He was broken up with. So that makes me feel a bit apprehensive. At the same time, I got out of a breakup about three months ago, but I initiated it. So I'm not, or so I'm trying not to judge. The polarity is wild. I can't entirely tell via text if he's interested. It's a dance for sure. We're going to a museum tomorrow and microdosing mushies. And I'm a bit nervous because I can already feel how open my heart is. Not sure if he has the emotional capacity for what I'm wanting though. I'm nervous to get hurt for sure. Curious what your thoughts are. How open should I be, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to move too quick and push him away, but I also don't want to be a rebound or distraction. First of all, taking mushies and going to a museum is the perfect first date. (laughs) That's amazing. Already I'm like, green flag, green flag. (laughs) But this is such a great question. And again, like I hear you talk a lot um, Mm -hmm. just on your Instagram and your TikTok about magnetizing someone in the dance. Like, should we play games? Should we keep our heart closed? Do we like keep it open and, and risk getting hurt? Like what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I love this question. I'm excited for her date. I wish I could be there. (laughs) I want to be there too. Um, so what's interesting about this question is first of all, I don't believe in playing games. I don't try to play hard to get. I simply am hard to get. And I make sure that I am because when I'm not hard to get, I can easily be codependent. So that's something that's very much at the forefront of my brain. I know if I don't keep myself booked and busy at a level that fits for me, not to burn out, not to, oh my God, I'm in fight or flight all the time, but booked and busy in a way that allows me to flow. I know I will have a better chance of magnetizing that relationship. When we do not play hard to get, but we are, that allows us to focus on ourselves and stand on our own pedestal. But if I'm thinking, okay, I have to be hard to get, I have to play hard to get, I need to uh, really make sure that I'm not too available, who is on my pedestal? That other person is because I'm acting not from my own center, but from what I think I have to do in order to get them. So anytime we do anything, we want to ask ourselves, am I doing this because I want to? Am I going to yoga because I want to? Or am I doing this because I'm trying to play a game to get someone to be attracted towards me? Mm -hmm. So it's really about acting from our own center and making sure If I feel like I want to be open-hearted and I want to flow with the universe, let me do that because that's me and that's how I roll. And I'm not going to lower my vibration for someone else because that inhibits me. 
And what I think is really question, really interesting about this question is she's worried about the capacity of this person to be emotional with her. But if they had a five hour long, deep conversation, to me, it sounds like she's already getting what she wants. And it's our mind that oftentimes starts to look at things or look for things that aren't there. And we want to be careful because when we look for something, we we will find it eventually. So we want to make sure we're looking for the good, the good in the relationship, the good in the person. And I wouldn't move too fast, but I can't help but feel, and everything I say, take with a grain of salt, of course, you have to listen to yourself, but I can't help but feel that maybe maybe she is the one who isn't ready for the the deep emotional connection. Because oftentimes, I've done this so many times in my own life. I'd be like, I don't think they can like be ready for this. I don't think they can handle me. They're not, they're not that emotional. They can't go that deep. And it really was because I just wasn't ready to go that deep. That's and, such a good point. Yeah. And it and we oftentimes project it because it's easier to see when we put it on someone else and it's harder to look at in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I went on a date really, really soon after a breakup and it was just it was so harmful to me because all I did was project everything, look for what I thought I wanted and was trying to find it. It was just a mess. So I would think that it sounds like this person can give her what she wants. I would just get out of that head and into my body, girl. (laughs) Don't think about it too much. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and ultimately, energetically, if you are open, I would say 90% of the time you're going to attract somebody that is also open. So it is always like that reflection and that mirror. Um, so yeah, I love all of that, what I'm thinking. So I actually did a masterclass yesterday called quitting codependency and it was all about like self-love and independence, but I kind of went on a deeper spiritual level instead of talking about like affirmations and buying yourself flowers. Like I really went deeper in terms of the roles that the ego and the soul have to play in a relationship. Um, and it was pretty much what you were saying about like do something because you want to do it, not because you're trying to control a certain outcome. Um, and that was one of like my really big talking points was just when you're in your ego, which the ego, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's trying to protect you. It's not something that you want to eliminate, just something that you want to keep in check. Right. And, um, So I was talking about how when you're in your ego, you're always – you're expecting something in return, right? And I'm also not saying like you shouldn't have any expectations or standards for your relationships, but I just don't like the idea of like keeping score in terms of like, oh, well, if I do this for my partner, then like they need to do it back. Or if I send I love you with three hearts, they need to send I love you with four hearts, and then they get the love you back with no hearts, and then they're like, oh my god. Well, just send that I love you with three hearts because you want to, because that's what you're feeling. It's coming from your soul. You're like sharing that. Um, And so, yeah, I think relationships are a lot of this like ego versus soul where your ego wants to be – the other part that I'm thinking about is like she says that um, she wants to be open, but she doesn't want to get hurt. Well, The only way that you can get hurt is if you're standing in your ego and say it doesn't work out with this guy. Say you're completely open, 
because you want to be like no playing games. You're like, I want to be open. This feels good to me. You're open. Say it doesn't work out. Say he's not ready. The only way that you can be hurt is if you let your ego in and your ego is like, well, this means something about me and I'm not good enough or now I'm never going to find someone. Like the only way that like breakups or things not working out with someone are, it's completely neutral. It's just the thoughts around it that creates the experience. So you're only going to be hurt by him if you create that, right? It's not like he can just create hurt and like force that on you. It's it's your perspective of the situation. So if you stay in your soul and you're like, I was open and he's just not ready and that's okay. And like, I wish him the best. I send him love. I send him compassion. And now I'm ready for like my next opportunity. How can you be hurt, right? So when you take away the thoughts and perspectives that would make you feel hurt in the first place, then it's not scary to be open because either way it works out or it doesn't. And like, there's no hurt there. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. And I love what you said about expectation because I think about this often for some reason when I used to go out and I would expect someone to buy me a drink or give me a compliment that created so much anxiety for me because I was creating an expectation which created an an attachment to someone else outside of myself Mm -hmm. and that's something I didn't have control over and when I started to flip it from expectation to intention everything changed. Instead of me expecting someone to do something for me so I felt better, so I felt validated, so I felt safe with them, even though they're a stranger, I started to just intend, you know what? I'm going to have fun regardless of how other people are at the bar. I'm going to have fun regardless of how someone interacts with me. It's my responsibility for my happiness. And if you go in it like that, whether it's into a bar or into a relationship, and you're intending for it to be a beautiful experience, it will be a beautiful experience regardless of the 3D circumstance. You're already intending it. It's already done. If you're stepping into that vibration, you'll be there and you don't have to worry about all the other things. So I just, I really love that point about expectation that you said. Totally. It's it's like the, um, like if then statements. Like I remember doing like if then statements in like school and <laughs> that's like the only thing that I remember because I talk about it all the time now of how it creates our reality where we have these like set in stone if then statements where it's like if I have to wake up early, then I'm going to be tired all day. If this person doesn't give me a compliment, then that means they don't like me. If like I wake up and I have a bad hair day, hair day, then like I am not beautiful that day. And we have right. so many if then statements that we see as like concrete truth, but they're all bullshit. <laughs> they make absolutely mm-hmm. no sense. Um, and so, yeah, it's like eliminating those, those if then statements and, or really just taking away the then and saying, okay, if this person gives me a compliment, And so it is like, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Like it's just creating this, uh, yeah, neutrality instead of adding meaning to everything that, that is like the human demise is just adding meaning to things that don't need meaning. Yeah. I had someone comment on one of my reels the other day and they said, if, if they're an ex, they never loved you anyway. And I was like, whoa, watch how you create meaning (laughs) because that can really trip us up and often 
what we're really saying, it's not usually the circumstance that hurts. It's the meaning we create because yeah. we then replay that meaning over and over and over again in our head and keep telling ourselves they broke up with me. So then I'm not good enough. And then we yeah. keep telling ourselves I'm not good enough. We attach that meaning to literally everything. And that is what causes us so much so much pain. Well, so then much it's, a, pain. it's a snowball, right? Mm-hmm. Because it happens one time. And then every time that you are let down or rejected in some way, you're adding meaning to that experience as well because of that first experience. And then it's literally a snowball until you're, I mean, that, that can make you even not struggle with relationships, but that can make you like depressed and really yeah. like go into a dark place if you constantly attach those those meanings and it just yeah spirals so absolutely that was a really good question I love I loved it (laughs) yeah all right whoever wrote in that question you have to let us know how it went we need the update please yes um that like I love doing the anonymous submissions Mm -hmm. because I don't know it just it does allow you to be more vulnerable and it's just it's really fun but then I'm always like who wrote this? Like, I need to know. I need, I need like more details. I feel the same. Yeah. Okay. Um, another question. She says, hi, Maddie. Um, I could really use some advice right now. This guy and I have been seeing each other for a couple of weeks now, and he's been giving very clear signs of attraction and liking me. The thing is that yesterday I heard from his friend how he's been talking shit about me and how he doesn't give a fuck about me. But at the same time, when we're alone, he's very gentle and soft and vulnerable. What do you think? Could he like me for real or does he just want to fuck me? Should I give up? Should I just give up and forget him? I'm laughing because like just just men girl. sometimes are girl. Just, they're just funny. Girl. Oh girl. Ooh. Oh, well, I'm personally sorry that had to happen. Um but I would say, gotta be careful because this is uh, coming from someone else's mouth. We're not with the root here. This is someone else said someone else said something. And there's been so many times where people misinterpret what someone else is what someone else says, or they entirely make it up completely. When someone comes to us with information about someone that we are really creating a connection with, we need to check in with our own body to see how we're receiving that information. If they're telling us something and it feels so wrong, like that is not possible. And it's not like, oh, I'm afraid that's true. It's no, that doesn't make any sense. We always want to go back to the root and check, but I would listen to my my body more than I'm listening to someone else because who knows how that person processes the world around them. I would listen to my body. Is my body making me feel like this could be true? Is my body completely rejecting this? Our body oftentimes knows before our mind does just because it has so many less control centers and it's interacting with other people's auric fields and it's downloading that information. And consciously, it's not like we're going through all these energetic files and understanding why we know what we know. That's what a gut feeling is. It's not logical. It's energetic. I would check in with my body first, but anytime I'm going to possibly enter into a, a relationship with someone, you have to feel safe enough that you can bring this information to them and have a conscious conversation and say, 
what's up? Why am I hearing this? Did you say this? What's going on? And again, in that moment, how can you trust that this is the truth? If you can build that connection with your own body, you'll know. You'll know what it feels like when someone's lying to you. You'll know what it feels like when something's being truthful because you will have this language you've built up over time with your body and it signals that it gives you. A lot of trusting others comes from trusting ourselves that we can figure out what we need to know and also knowing we'll always be fine no matter what. So before we put ourselves into fight or flight, let's listen to our body. Let's go to the root. Let's get let's get the facts. What's going on here? Well, I'm really glad that Cece's here because I was not going to go that route. Love what she said. <laughs> And 100,000% because also this friend, maybe he has a crush on you. And so he's trying, yeah, he's trying to meddle or something. My Mm -hmm. first instinct just from like reading that. And again, this might be like my own like experiences coming into like my gut feeling. I was like, no, like fuck this guy. If there is even a Mm -hmm. chance that he slandered your name in any way, like, nope, bye. But then, but then also like I've had um times before where there was like you know somebody I was talking to and I was like you know and I told my friends like oh he's like not that important I'm actually really digging on this other guy instead and like you know maybe I said something like that and then my friend could have told him like hey Maddie doesn't really give a fuck about you when really I was just saying I'm more interested in this other guy right now and then things change and maybe like I totally fall in love with the guy that I said I didn't care about, you know, so you never, you really never know. Um, but I, I love that CC's here and brought in that rationality because I was just going to be like, <laughs> no, cut it off. Like give up. <laughs> Forget I, get it. It. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, I think that as humans, we just, we so misuse our, our words. And yeah. even if he did say something like, oh, I'm not really sure his friend could have taken that completely different, yeah. but also maybe he misused his words because he was comfortable and joking around with a friend. Either way, he should not be joking negatively on your name ever. But I think it's important that we go to the root because so many times people will tell us something and it's not exactly accurate. And I also think it's just an opportunity to start tapping into your own body to test, okay, what does it feel like when something resonates with me? And what does it feel like when it does not resonate with me? And how can I build this intuitive muscle up so I can rely on me being able to trust my own instinct? Totally. Yeah. Cause I feel like even just thinking about it, I would know in my body what it felt like to be like, no, there's no way he said that. Or if if you're questioning it and you're like, oh my God, did he? And it sounds like that could be true. Like, I feel like I could feel what that would feel like in my body. So I really love that. Also, do you watch New Girl? Oh my God, of course. (laughs) I love New Girl. It's like the most... I know it's a popular show, but I I think it's so underrated. It's fucking hilarious. And there's the one episode where Nick and Jess start dating and then Coach comes back in town and they're like all going to go to the strip club because he's going through a breakup. And, you know, every time Coach is in the room, he's like, hey, are you coming? And Nick is being like, you know, pretty much like, you know, fuck Jess. And he's like, yeah, like boys night, whatever. And Jess is like, no, like I don't want you to go to the strip club. And then Coach leaves the room and he turns into like, sweet you know baby voice of like babe da, 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 sorry like coach is just in town then coach comes back in the room and he gets all like macho again and like 
you know, so sometimes I share that because if you know the scene, like it'll just make sense. Um, sometimes boys are just when they're together, they just have a weird way of yeah, talking and so do girls like, mm-hmm. I don't know, we have like our own vibe and language that can just he might have just been being a dude and didn't want to seem like emotional and sensitive to his guy friends. Yeah. That when I when I read this, that's what I thought because I always when I see a group of guys together, the way they like stand and talk to each other, even their heads kind of tilt back. They they like to bro out, and he might have been saying, "Oh, I'm I'm this is not the right language, but I'm so cool, I'm so good, I don't need anyone." And then his friend takes that and spins it into something else. So. You just can't go wrong if you go to the root. You can't go wrong. Yeah. You just need to find out more information both from that other person and from your own body. You need to hear yourself out. Yeah. I feel like everyone always says that communication is the most important thing in a relationship. And like, yes, communication once you're in the relationship, but also just communication in general about things like this, where it's like, I have a lot of my clients that they'll be like, you know, I'm worried that this person is feeling this way or they're thinking this about me or, or even with like employers or their boss or something like people will be worried. Like I, I'm scared that like I'm going to get in trouble at work or I'm not like doing good enough or whatever. I'm like, well, did you ask your boss? And they're like, what? I'm like, did you ask them like what they think of your performance? They're like, no, I've just been worrying for a week about this mess up I had and that I'm going to like get fired. I'm like, well, just ask them. Like, it's the easiest thing in the world to just be like, hey, can you give me some tip, like some pointers on what you think I could do better and and what I'm doing good at? I used to ask my employer that all the time because I hated being in that, um, yeah, that like that uncertainty stage when like it doesn't need to be there. So all the time, because I would go home and I'd be worried about what everyone was thinking about me. And I was like very in my work life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just started going to my managers and being like, Hey, can you let me know like what I'm doing well and what you think I could improve on? Then I'm not sitting at home, like, you know, guessing. And it's the same with relationships of, yeah, just, I even saw on TikTok once someone said like every Sunday, just do like a check-in, like actually create a container and a space to like check in on how you're feeling in the relationship. So you don't have to have like blow ups throughout the week, but then like every Sunday night before you go to bed, you just check in of like, how are you feeling? What could I do more of for you? How could I love you better? Did anything come up for you this last week? And I mean, just, yeah, that in and of itself, I feel like can solve so many problems that we don't need to have. Oh my God. Yes. Because bickering all the time is like the number one relationship breakupper. That's the thing that really destroys people because it's constantly energy fighting one another, which is super depleting. And for in my own personal life, having that container that you just spoke about has been so helpful. Also, if you're dealing with someone who my boyfriend, typical guy, never talked about his emotions, wasn't expected to, was supposed to avoid them or shove them down. So for me, who's so outspoken and externalized my emotions, really, that comes easy to me. I could be very loud externally. He's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Having that container not only allowed me to feel safe and reassured with him for my codependency, but also for him, it allowed him space to not have to 
crack open and instead just say, okay, I know I have this safe space to talk. It invited him to show his emotions, to tell me about his emotions, to tell me what's going on with him. When you're not used to speaking up for yourself, when you're not used to talking about how you feel, having that container for you, yes, but also for your partner to feel safe enough and that there's space to do so, I find is so helpful because someone who's more so leaning towards avoidant, they've learned to push it down, to not talk about it, to push it under the rug, be hyper-independent. But they also are experiencing anxiety. They also have wants and needs. Just because they're not verbalizing it doesn't mean those needs aren't growing into resentment over time. They can and they will. So it's important for you, but also for you to hear out your partner, what's going on with them as well. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes girls, we kind of like we overestimate men in the emotion department, not overestimate yeah. men in general, but in the emotions department, we just assume like it must be easy for them. Um, but when really like we yeah, we kind of have to help them. We have to give them some guidance and ask them yeah. like questions of uh, when someone shared with me the other day, we were talking about relationships and always asking like what's wrong with them like when you feel something off in your partner and always asking like what's wrong just tell me what's wrong I do that all the time with my boyfriend I'm like I can feel something off like what is wrong just tell me um and someone said no instead of like saying like tell me what's wrong ask or just tell them like hey if you need to talk about anything like I am here like just let me know or or asking them little like probing questions or something because yeah, we totally overestimate and we assume that they're just going to be like, hey, can you can you come sit down? I really need to talk to you about this insecurity. Mm-hmm. No, they're not going to do that. So like yeah. you have to open that space for them and, and make them feel safe. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really love that. It's really good. Yeah, ab- absolutely. The divine feminine is the leader when it comes to internal emotions and the internal world and feelings. So being the leader when it comes to the emotions, that's probably going to be someone who leads with their divine feminine Mm -hmm. because that's really what we're more tuned into, tapped into, and it's easier for us to turn it on usually for most of us. So taking that on could really be helpful for your own anxiety so you know what's going on but also for that other person and to build greater intimacy intimacy comes in many different forms but communicating gives an an amazing level of intimacy Mm -hmm. for sure yeah 100 percent. i love that okay maybe we'll do one one more okay yeah let's go for it okay um okay these are these both of these are about breakups so maybe okay I'll read this one first and then we'll do okay. the second one okay I was like should I combine them no um okay she says <clears throat> uh can you share about feeling in your heart that you should break up with your partner because you don't imagine the full future together marriage kids etc but knowing they're the most beautiful person pure and kind uh to come into your life and not wanting to let go of that connection I really love this because I was kind of talking about this in my masterclass yesterday and I was having everyone rate on a scale of one to 10, like what is most important to them in a relationship. Um, Because a lot of people talk about like writing down all the characteristics you want your partner to have in terms of like 
I want him to be six feet tall. I want him to drive this type of car and have this type of job and have this, this, and that. Um, And I know that that's really helpful and supportive for a lot of people and it works. And like the person you wrote down comes into your life. For me, what I feel is like maybe more supportive um, in my perspective is like like rating on a scale of one to 10, what's most important. So in terms of like goofiness and playfulness or adventure or family or um, intimacy, like sex and physical attraction, like what is, what do you actually want to get out of a relationship? Not what do you think you should want out of a relationship? Because I think there's this stigma around relationships that like whoever you're with needs to be the mother, the father of your children and that like they have to be your forever person and a successful relationship is a long-term relationship and I just don't I just don't see that as supportive at all um I think we should think of for this time in my life like what do I really need out of a relationship because relationships honestly are to teach us lessons and when we do get to a point where we're like okay I do want to have children and I want to find my forever person okay, you can like tune into that. But I think a lot of people are feeling like they need to break up with somebody. Yeah, because they don't feel like a forever person because society or friends or family has told them that like they shouldn't be with someone that's not their forever person when I just don't think that's wrong. Like there could be so many different types of relationships for different, you know, portions of your life. You know, maybe with this person, you're supposed to like heal a lot. So there's like a lot of fighting. There's a lot of triggering. And then maybe that doesn't work out, but it's still a successful relationship. And now you're like, okay, I've healed. Now I really want to um, like explore, right? So you meet someone that's very like explorative and expands your boundaries or not boundaries, but expands your your comfort zone, right? Um, and that feels really good. Like this person is helping you grow in that way. And then you like expand, And then you're like, okay, now I want to have a family and kids. So the first thing I would say to this person is like, is having a family and kids your utmost priority right now? Um, Because if it's not, you don't have to listen to, I guess, yeah, society or these pressures that are making you feel like your relationship is wrong or less than. Um, You can have a beautiful relationship with someone that is yeah, that you have this beautiful connection. They're pure, they're kind, they're amazing. Um, But if you do want to have a family and kids in this moment and that is your utmost priority, then that's like a whole nother um, conversation. But that was just like my first thoughts. Yeah. I I love that because I always say when someone asks me, how do you manifest a partner? I think in a similar way to you. Uh, yes, like you said, you can write your list about what they have, but I always say write a list of what you want to feel, mm-hmm. what you want to feel this person gives you because you're living in your body. So they could have that car and that height and whatever, that hair color. That doesn't mean they're going to give you reassurance and safety. Exactly. So I really think it's important to write down what it is you want to experience. This is your life. You are connected to you. What do you want to experience? What do you want to feel? And you can then start manifesting that by tapping into those feelings on the daily. And eventually you become so unattached to that relationship because you're already feeling those emotions that it comes in with ease. But I would also say 
sometimes this is tricky because sometimes we get confused about what we think we want and what we need. First of all, are these wants of the soul or are these wants of the ego? Are these needs of the soul? Are these needs of the ego? What, where are these actually stemming from? Because we could want the person with the car and the house because our ego wants it for, you know, quote unquote safety, but our soul could be miserable with that person. Mm -hmm. And I've had so many experiences where I thought I knew exactly what I wanted and I got it and I was so wrong. So again, thinking about what you want to feel is really important, but also knowing what you value. If you value health and fitness, you're probably going to want a partner who also values health and fitness. You want to have proximity with them where you guys have things in common to do together. And I love what you said about the for now. I often tell people, don't worry about the forever. Think about the for now because you're in the for now. Your power is Mm -hmm. in the present. And if you're trying to map out every single inch of your life, we make plans and God laughs because they rarely go that right way. So getting really plugged into what you want to feel now and allowing the universe to take care of the rest, I think is the best way. Most It's the easiest way to get there. And tapping into really what you want to feel. I, I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like I was having kind of I always kind of knew that, but I was like having that download as I was creating this masterclass and I was just like, this is so good because nobody thinks about, yeah, what they want to feel and that that's what I'm all about. It's like, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel? It's like a part of my my innocent archetype of just like, I just care all – I just want everyone to feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually what we think will make us feel good and what actually makes us feel good is, yeah, completely different. Yeah. Um, but again, some of these, I guess, ego-filled – desires or what might seem superficial, it might actually be coming from your soul, right? Kind of how you're saying about the health and fitness thing. If that's something really important to you, then yeah, write down on your like, you know, dream partner list, like very fit. But very fit could either be your ego wanting to be seen with someone that's like really hot so that it strokes your ego. Um, Or it could be I want someone fit because I want to stay aligned with what is important to me. So yeah, again, it's like really this ego versus soul that I feel like feeds into so much of it. Um, And someone else wrote, uh, how do you know when to leave your partner? We really love each other, but disagree politically. And I'm not sure if that is worth it in the end. Um, And so kind of a similar question. And I think, again, it's just asking yourself, like, is that really important to me? Uh, It might be important to other people, right? So you might get in your head and be like, oh, well, you know, I, I, we should agree on all the same things because that's what I'm receiving from the outside world. Or we should be uh, really, really physically attracted to each other and have all this passion. Is that, is that really important to you? Maybe, uh, you know, growing together is more important or traveling together or having a family together. And if you can still receive the things that your soul really desires and, and maybe disagree politically, then no, you don't need to break up with them, right? Like she's saying, I'm not sure if that is worth it in the end. Already, I'm getting the sense that like it's not worth it. Something is just making you think that that's a reason you should break up because you're worried of what's going to happen in the future. But again, Cece says, what about the for now? And is the relationship supportive in the now? Is it helping you become who you want to be? Um, 
yeah, I think that's the only thing that that matters. Yeah, and I think when it comes to something like politics, that changes over time too. People change. I they really do. I've seen it with so many people around me and even in myself. People change what they believe and think all the time. I hope we're changing because that means we're growing. Mm-hmm. So I would I would take it slow with just ending something because you disagree right now. When I started dating my partner, I was a completely different person than I am now. And if I was thinking to myself, we need to agree on all of these things, I would have missed out on this six-year experience. And I'm sure I would have had other experiences, but I'm happy I had this. And I wouldn't, again, that feels like I'm really in my head and I'm trying to make it look good on paper when really it needs to feel good in my heart and in my body. If this person is so supportive of you, loves you, you love them, you have activities you can do together, you have some values that you agree on so that you can have some similarity, but you don't need everything to be the same. And I rarely think we can even find someone who's exactly the same. Even if they are your twin flame, they're your soulmate, they're not going to be exactly the same as you. Mm -hmm. And you don't want that either because when you find that, you get bored of it. So I think that could also, you could see it as two ways as, oh, we disagree, that sucks. Or, oh, we disagree. How can we teach each other some of the things that we know? How can we show each other some things that we've never been exposed to? It could be really cool to see how another side of the world lives, how they experience, how they see the world and how they see themselves. And you could frame it as something that's interesting and a really if you were to get married one day, have kids, that's a very inclusive home. That's a very, we're open to different ideas here. In my life, my mom's Catholic, my dad's Jewish. It was very, we're inclusive here. We, my brother went to Lutheran school. I went to Jesuit school. It was nice to get a taste of everything, to see everything. Totally. And it's really like, like we said, actually at the beginning, it's the meaning you give to the things around you. If you give this positive meaning, it can be positive for you. If you see it as a negative, it may be negative for you. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that so much. And the other thing that's coming up for me is that, like, if this is your one issue, like, I think you're, do- I think you're doing well. <laughs> I think it's a good relationship. Like, if you guys really love each other, but the, o- the only thing you're coming to us with is, but we disagree politically, I, I would take that as, like, a good um, – mm-hmm a good standing because every relationship is going to have problems. You can't just see one problem and think that that's a reason to break up unless again, it's one of your highest values. Um, you know, like for me, one of my highest values is growth, right? So if I'm not growing with someone that, that is a problem I just can't get past. Mm -hmm. Um, but every relationship is going to have problems. And I think, again, we have this weird stigma around relationships where, not fighting and not having any problems means your relationship is successful and your relationship lasting a long time is your relationship being successful. I just don't believe in that at all. Your relationship is successful if it is fulfilling what you are desiring to experience in the relationship. And it could be a challenge. It could be, you know, it could be so many different things. So, um, yeah, those are really good questions as well. I've had a lot of girls, um, wondering if they should leave their partner. Um, What advice would you give to somebody that 
like they know they need to leave their partner. Like they know it. It's in their body. It's in their gut. They feel it. But well, okay, actually this kind of goes with like one of the last questions I had. Um, Yeah. Like what if somebody knows that they need to leave, but they maybe have like a home with them or they have pets with them or they've created this life with them. It just feels really messy and sticky to break up with them. Um, And also they don't want to hurt their partner. So this um, submission said, I just left my seven-year relationship and know it was the best decision for me, but why do I feel like I need to go back because I feel bad for hurting him as he was my very best friend? It feels like betrayal. I'm tempted to take the comfortable comfortable path and go back and just make it work a while longer but my innermost knowing is telling me to move forward help please yeah it's it's a tough place to be in but a past with someone is not a good enough reason to have a future with them just because you have past a past and experiences that's not enough to keep going and it's like if you stepped in shit i wouldn't be like oh you stepped in shit you have to stay there forever i'd be like move your foot <laughs> take it out of the dog shit so just because we've been somewhere in the past doesn't mean we have to stay there if it's no longer working for us will it be stickier if you have a home or pets yeah there are some things there that may link you for a little while but eventually those things will pass too and you will be completely unattached to that relationship but if your heart's not in it and it's completely somewhere else you can't stay just because of the strings you have attached the past you have with them you have to follow your own heart Either way, it's going to be hard. (laughs) One is going to be hard if you stay and you're miserable, or it's going to be hard if you have to make a major change. But the latter hard, making a change, it leads you to self-growth and to self-love and to on this beautiful journey that's going to give you so much more than what you feel like you're losing. And I also think nothing is ever really lost. (laughs) It is transmuted. It's changed. It may show up in a different way. But it's not lost. If you had good experiences, those are yours forever. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Um, and speaking to, you know, the them feeling bad, like when you're talking about the dog shit, I'm like, but what about if the dog shit has feelings? Like what if they're sad? Mm-hmm. I know that's fucking painful to yeah. break somebody, especially when you still love them so much. That's the hardest part, I think, for me and my breakup was – breaking up and knowing it was the right decision for me and my growth and also for him and his growth, but like seeing it hurt so much because there wasn't, I always said like, this would have been easier if he like treated me badly or he cheated on me or something. Cause then I could just be like, fuck you, I'm leaving. But like, that wasn't my reality. It was like, we were still in love and like, I still loved him so much, but I just knew that this had to happen. Um, and so I I resonate with you a lot, whoever um, sent this in. Like, I know that that sucks. A lot of what I felt in my breakup, like, I did feel heartbreak and sadness and grieving, but I think the emotion that overpowered all of that for me was um, guilt. I experienced so much guilt. I just felt, like, guilty. I felt like I did something wrong. And now coming out of it on the other side, like I realized that no part of my decision was wrong whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like I had to listen to 
like that, like what my body was telling me. And even now, um, if I remember correctly, Cece and I have a similar story with this mm-hmm. as well, where we had breakups and then got back with our partners. And it's easy to think like, oh, well, then was the breakup a mistake because now we're back together? No, like Mm -hmm. that feeling I had in my body for telling me that I needed to separate and go my separate way, like I would never be in the place that I am now if I didn't have that experience. I'm grateful for that. I know it was the right decision, um, even if my path did lead me back into the relationship. Um, And so, yeah, I don't want that to be like a hopes of like, oh, well, then maybe we'll get back in the future. Like, don't even think about that. I'm just saying whether it's the right or the wrong decision, like it, if your body is telling you to do something, it's always the right decision, even if it logically doesn't make sense. Yeah. I feel the same way because the body always knows and it's definitely difficult. Like, like you said, we've had that similar experience. I was the one who knew I needed space in order to just grow and get to know myself. It was a really weird time for me. I think I was like 19 or 20. And I felt it in my body and I tried to drag it out. And to me, that's not the right way to do it. Not that there's always a right and wrong way, but it was more painful Mm -hmm. because I was trying to make it work, but it wasn't working. And I knew it wasn't working. And putting so much effort and energy trying to make a square peg go in a round hole is so depleting. And it ended up blowing up in my face, (laughs) in my experience. And it led to so much more hurt. I'm thankful for for that hurt because it led me down this journey. So ultimately, like I said, there's no right or wrong. There's decisions and then how they affect us and how we create meaning around it. Yeah. But it's not going to be easy when you've created such a connection with someone, but you have to stay connected to yourself. And if staying with someone means betraying what you know is right for you, that's when you know you've gone too far in a, in a direction that's not going to be the best vibrational match for you. Mm-hmm. And I love that you just said the word betrayal again, because in the submission, she said it feels like betrayal for hurting her best friend. But exactly, it's betraying yourself if you don't follow what you know to be right. And also, I know that it hurts to see them hurt, but trust me, like you – I have a running joke in my relationship now Mm -hmm. of like all the amazing things that he's doing. Mm -hmm. Like I kept saying, you're welcome. I was like, you're welcome because (laughs) if I wouldn't have – like initiated the breakup, like he also wouldn't have gotten to the point he is. And so, you know, your best friend that you were in a relationship for seven years with, like he's not going to see it at first, but he might come back to you in a year and two years and say, thank you. That breakup was the best thing that ever happened to me. I found someone that's way more well suited for me or it motivated me to work on this project or get this job or work on my health or Like, he also needs it as well. So I know it hurts to see him hurt in the now, but keep telling yourself, like, this is also going to be good for him Um, Mm -hmm. because it's not going to – you're not doing the best thing for him by staying with him when you know it's not working. That's also – it's very selfish. You're trying to – that's a good way of putting it, a very blunt way of putting it. It's selfish to go back. You might think you're actually serving him because you're making him feel better, But it's just like a – that's a fleeting thing and it's very selfish to 
take yourself out of a comfortable comfortable position and put him back into a place where that's it's not right for him so yeah and a lot of that is um our brain something that i teach in my 21 day breakup glow up challenge is the neurological pathways we've created in relationship to our ex or the people around us and when we're searching for that kiss or that hug or that text it's really our brain and it sounds so scientific but it is it's a machine our brain is really just looking for a dopamine hit so in those moments when you're feeling oh my god I miss him so much and your brain is saying oh my god I miss dopamine so much Mm -hmm. that's an invitation for you to guide yourself to dopamine through a healthy behavior and I would use my then ex's name as a trigger to wire in a new healthy behavior, breath work, lemon water, taking a walk, walking my dog, spending time with my dogs, calling a friend, going to do a workout, listening to a TED talk, reading a book, writing a song, singing a song, making a TED, um, no, making a TikTok. I don't have a TED talk just yet. Anyway. (laughs) Um, so, um, when we can learn to actually make our brain work for us and lead us to dopamine, that's also going to help you with the feelings of, oh, I just want to be comfortable again, you will create a new comfortable space for yourself by leading yourself to healthy behaviors, by leading yourself back to dopamine. And I loved what you said because when we stay with someone who we don't feel is ours anymore, they also feel that. And I think it hurts someone more to stay with them when you don't want them than to just free them and let them go. Mm -hmm. See it as liberation for both you and that other person. And when you want to go back into that relationship, just because you're looking for the dopamine hit, you can create a chemical cocktail in a variety of different ways. Go Mm -hmm. for that. Cause Mm -hmm. it's going to create more pain to go back and fall out and go back and fall out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Oh my God. We have a kitty visiting us. Don't hit my, don't hit my setup. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I set up this mirror and I haven't, um, like nailed it in yet like locked it in so I'm so scared my cats are gonna knock over this big vanity mirror I got oh my oh, god no. um but no I love that create your own little dopamine cocktail yes okay so I know we're coming up on the hour do you have time for like one more quick one yeah let's do it okay one All more right. quick one and then um we'll kind of wrap things up but I just thought this one was really good uh to end things off So last submission, she says, how do you know whether to walk away from something or stand up for yourself? I just ended a relationship a week ago and I realized it wasn't the healthiest or even healthy at all. I understand I had my own flaws, but looking back, I see that I was the only one owning up to my faults. I also had my vulnerabilities used against me at the end of it. I'm wanting to make this person see that they were in the wrong in so many ways. I know I can't change the outcome, but I'm having a hard time moving forward since I didn't call them out when they were out of line and I didn't speak my full truth. Should I stand up to them? This is an interesting question Yeah, (laughs) because I guess I was like, okay, one more short question, but this could be like a long-winded thing, Mm -hmm. but I just really wanted to answer it and not have to make a part two. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's an interesting question because it could go both ways. Part of me, what I believe is that like she says it's hard to move forward since she didn't call them out. Well, a lot of people think that they need to talk to their ex to gain closure. 
And I think closure actually comes from yourself and again, the meaning you create around things. So it's probably hard for you to move forward because of the thoughts that you're creating around like pretty much this could be coming from your ego. It could be coming from your soul, right? Your ego might want to be like, make him feel bad for the breakup because you're feeling honestly really frustrated and annoyed that he kept like, you know, pretty much making you look bad and he thinks he still looks great and you're worried about his perception of you. And so you feel like you need to like closure to feel better about yourself to move forward. I really think that you could just part of it is like you could just send him love and compassion and like he doesn't need to know that's his journey you know who you are you know that you were the bigger person up like owning up to your flaws and like you don't need to talk to him to move forward you can create that own closure for yourself mm-hmm. but the other half of me is like this could be coming from soul and like if you're that could be like a huge activation of your throat chakra and like this bad bitch energy of like, hey, like one last thing before I leave, I just want to let you know that and, and you have to do this in a very compassionate way. That's like there's no ego in it whatsoever. But going to this person and being like, hey, like, cool, we're broken up. I get it. I just want to say one last thing because I, f- I didn't speak my truth and I feel like a lot of these things were really out of line. Um, and I really wish the best for you and I want you to find love in the future and I want to let you know this is how this made me feel. Um, and like in the future when you're dating another amazing woman, like this might be something you want to look at because I feel really hurt by this and I don't want you to hurt someone else in the future and I just needed to speak that truth, right? So is this coming from ego? Is it coming from soul? Like, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I'm excited to hear your take on it. It's definitely interesting because I also think you can only meet someone as deep as they have met themselves. And if they're not in a space where they can hear you, you can talk all day long and it won't get into their body. It's not going to get into their understanding. I think a lot of us, when we want closure, we really either want that person back or we want at least their validation. Mm -hmm. So if it's about... This is about checking in with your intention. What are your intentions of wanting to get closure with this person? Is it for their validation or their them saying sorry? Is it to get back together? Or is it because you want to get something off your chest? Mm-hmm. If it's only because you want to get something off your chest, you just want to free this from you, there's two ways of doing this. One, you can, like you said, go and tell them, you know, I always say drop the mic and then get out. Like say what you need to say and then keep it moving and grooving. If truly your intention is to just liberate this from yourself. Something I also do, I'm not trying to plug this, but this is literally what we do in the 21 day breakup globe no, challenge. please plug it. I'm going to have you plug it at the end anyway. So <laughs> um, something that we do I do a meditation where we remove soul cords, but at the end you gain closure with their higher self and you say everything you wanted to say to them, but you say Mm -hmm. it to their higher self because their higher self can download it into them. If their physical self isn't there yet, it's not really going to penetrate. But if you, if you just, it's like sending them mail, you send it to their higher self and they will get it. And I also have this closure card where you just get out everything you needed to say, because 
sometimes it's not really about getting it off your chest and saying it to them. It's just about getting it off your chest and removing it from your body. Those words, those thoughts, those feelings, their natural state is energy, which is movement. So it does want to move out of you. And that is so valid and needs to be released. But you have to ask yourself, what is your intention of releasing it? Because I have found that it's so much more beneficial when we give it to their higher self or we write it in the closure card or we even just write a letter to them, but we don't send it, obviously. Um, But getting it out that way can release some of that pressure of, I need to get this off my chest. I need to get this off my chest. Um, And it's surprising when you ask yourself, you know, what do I really want out of this? Because you may be shocked to find what you're looking for is not closure, but another opening where maybe you can restart the relationship and you can do it over and you can make it better. I think from a very young age, we're programmed to want that fairy tale relationship. And when we're not getting it, we still look for a way of, well, can I make myself get it? Is there another opening? Is there another way I can finesse this situation and change what has happened? So it's about being really honest with yourself and then giving yourself permission to speak up on your behalf, whether it's to their higher self or to them or just out loud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that a lot. I feel like that summed it up perfectly of like, Mm -hmm. just ask yourself what your intention is. Yeah. That, yeah, that will give you the answer pretty much. If your intention is pure, say it. If your intention is not, like, move on. Maybe do uh, CC's, like, 21-day breakup challenge so you can get, like, the meditation, get your own closure, get it out there, and have that guidance. Um, yeah, but I just – I don't know. I thought that was such a such a good question. So I'm glad we ended off on that one. Me too. Uh, amazing. Uh, is there anything that we didn't touch on that is like really heavy on your heart and you feel like you want to share? I would say for just a reminder for everyone to trust themselves a little bit more and to trust their heart a little bit more and know, yeah, it's not always going to be the easiest, but it's possible and you can do it. And All you need is one second of courage to make a new decision and you can have a new life. It really comes back or down to how you're deciding to live. I think that the quality of our life is what we allow. So if we allow ourselves to have all these negative symptoms, whether it's on our body or illness or relationships, they will be there. But you don't have to allow what it is you don't want. You have so much more authority Trust yourself you can do it. Trust yourself to make the decision. Trust yourself that you'll figure it out, whatever it may be, and you will. And that's really it. Just trust. Trust, Mm -hmm. trust, trust. Mm, I love that so much. Um, And I always ask uh, my guests one question at the end of every single uh, guest episode. If you at your lowest point was listening in to the podcast right now, what would you say to her? Ooh, really good question. Probably that it's going to always be okay. It's like so simple, but really it's going to be okay. And even though you feel at your lowest right now, the good news is when you're at your lowest, you can only go up from here. Mm. So it's not going to get worse because you have awareness of where you are 
it's there's polarity in the world. And as deep as you feel pain, you will also feel pleasure. So if this is one of those seasons of deep pain, you better start celebrating because the next season will be one of deep pleasure. And it always, it's like a pendulum. As deep as we go one way, we're going to go the other way. So hang on tight, keep your head up, keep moving forward, and you'll find your way out of this. You always have. And yeah, to, to really practice trusting that you can take it one day at a time. And also, if it's too painful to think about the forever, I really recommend just thinking about the for now. If it's too painful to think about the whole day, there was a time in my life where I had to go hour by hour to get through my day. And I was like, okay, I got through this hour. Let's get through the next one. And I had to break apart my day hour by hour until I was able to do segments of the day, morning, afternoon, night. And eventually I was able to do whole days. So break your day apart, get through what you're experiencing just get yourself through it and eventually it becomes easier and easier and easier because you're practicing moving through it knowing that you can. So, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> I feel like every time I've asked someone that question, I'm always like, damn, like, yeah, that's really good. Really good advice. <laughs> um, that right there, I feel like you were literally speaking to me. That was so weird. Um, probably because I, I feel like I might be going through a dark night of the soul. I don't know. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to exaggerate it mm-hmm. that much. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If, I don't know if that's like a, yeah, too deep, but a mini one, a mini one. I'm going through like a mini dark night yeah. of the soul. And yeah, I really resonated with that. So thank you. I appreciate of course, it. Of course. Of course. I've, I've felt those mini ones too, like all the time actually. And it's just, it's those different seasons, the seasons yeah. of polarity, they're up and they're down and they're side to side. And that's why it's not about being positive all the time, because that's not what always needs to be activated. Other things need to be brought up. Yeah. I feel like that might be a lesson because I, I can't remember having, I was, the last time I was like depressed and sad was probably when I was 18 years old and I'm now about to turn 26. So mm-hmm. I'm like, what are these feelings? Help. Um, of of course I've had other like dark times, you guys, this is just a little bit elongated and I'm like, what is wrong with me? Anyway, that's for another episode. (laughs) Um, I'll do a, I'll do a personal update episode anyway. Okay. Last but not least, can you please share with us how we can connect with you, how we can work with you? I know you mentioned your breakup challenge a little bit. Um, also CC has a podcast herself, which is called that bitch is positive. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, give us give us like a shameless self promo, okay. please. Okay, love it. So you can find me on Instagram at vibin with cc. It's v i b i n with c i i c i i. And in this bio, you will find all of my other links. So it's just vibin with cc on Instagram. I have a podcast that bitch is positive. If you did want to work one-on-one, we can totally do that. You can just DM me on Instagram and I can tell you more about my offerings there. If you are going through a breakup or trying to navigate how to heal from a breakup, the 21-Day Breakup Globe Challenge, I really took everything I learned from doctors, therapists, shamans, Reiki masters, uh, retreat leaders. I took everything because when I was going through my breakup, I could not figure it out. And I then found out it was really a 360 
healing process. It's not just your emotions. It's not just your mind. It's not just your energy. It's everything. And when you really move through all of the parts of yourself and connect them, you not only feel unified, but you're able to do so much more with your time. And I I really value that. So I, I wouldn't put out something I didn't think would absolutely transform your life. It is transformative. There's meditations. It's 21 days of pre-recorded video and audio lessons from me. And yeah, yeah, you can find all of that in my Instagram bio. But Beautiful. yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I'll also put it in the show notes, of course, as always, so you guys can easily click over. But yeah, this has been so amazing. Definitely one of my fave episodes for sure. Um, and thank you to everyone who submitted um, questions as well, because that's obviously a huge part of what made this episode so great. So um, the link for the hotline submissions is also in the show notes. If you guys want to um, ask more questions or send us updates or whatever, um, but also our DMs are open. So we'd love to connect. Amazing. Uh, Well, everyone have a beautiful week this week. Oh, and thank you, Cece, again for uh, coming on the podcast. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was seriously so fun, and I can't wait to have you on That Bitch is Positive to do an episode. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah, I just – I fucking adore you. So very grateful. I love you. Ah, Okay. Um, (laughs) And I love everyone listening. I hope everyone has a beautiful week this week, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye.